everyone. Welcome back to the Glass Seats Podcast. This is our show where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, elite culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. And my name is Bernal. And this week in hockey, the story continues to remain up north in Canada. Yeah. These Canadian teams aren't catching a break this year. No. Well, I don't know. Things are looking up a little bit. Yeah, for some of them. Yeah, but <laughs> for some of them. Like, it's like they're either really, really good or at the bottom. Yeah. Like, who's middling? Like, Winnipeg, maybe? I, I guess Toronto, kind of. Toronto, yeah, but that's a problem, right? Because right. Toronto being middling Tor- is a problem. Yeah, Toronto's supposed to be good. And nobody expected the Atlantic to have all these uh, sudden surprises. All You know, I, I don't think anyone expected Detroit. We didn't expect Detroit to be this good. So. Yeah, and... Honestly, I didn't expect Boston to still be this good. I, I mean, I kind of did, but it's crazy how good they are. Yeah, like so. they're still leading the Atlantic after losing their top two centers. Are you worried, though, that they might be like a regular season team under this coach? I mean, Jim Montgomery. Sure, but does it matter? This is still impressive. I mean, it's impressive. I'm not, I'm not discrediting by any means, but like, is it going to win a playoff? Like, what if they're cursing the playoffs now? I mean, I feel like Boston kind of is. Oh, is fair? Let's be real. Yeah. If they didn't win in 2011, yeah. we'd be talking about them in the same breath as like the Sharks and yeah. the Canucks. Flyers. Yeah. yeah. They got through in 2011, but they had so many Fails years after. where they fell short. Yeah. What was it? 13? Uh, yeah. 13. 13, was, uh, 19. Oh, yeah. 19. Yeah. You're right. And oh, last year. And last had, year. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, this suddenly turned into a <laughs> Canadian episode and then shit on Boston episode. So yeah, it's close enough to Canada. Uh, yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But what are we talking about today? Um, we're going to spend some time talking about the Canucks because yeah. they've been really good and we haven't really talked about them. Yeah. Um, we're also definitely going to get to the Oilers and their coaching change. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up in the show. But let's start in Vancouver. Yeah. Elias Pettersson leads the league in point in scoring. Really? Mm-hmm. last i checked it wasn't him but wow good for him and um i just saw like as of at some point today games haven't finished today yeah uh the top three scorers were elias Pettersson, quinn hughes and jt miller mm-hmm. in the nhl insane all insane. play for vancouver yeah you're welcome vancouver with the with the sharks game the 10 what was it oh, 10, 10 goals yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a nice little stat pad for everyone yeah, yeah. everybody's getting points tonight yeah <laughs> <laughs> want to boost your stats play in san jose or play against san jose yeah, yeah. But let's talk about Vancouver. Yeah. Like, I mean, going into the season, we did our previews. Mm. We were not sure at all about no. Vancouver. This is a team that we were saying at some point last year should blow it up, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is also like, as far as we've been watching hockey, they've been, they've had some elite years for sure. Yeah. But for the most part, they've just been disappointing. Almost like the Minnesota Wild of, of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so. I remember specifically seeing uh, an interview, or it was at least a quote with interview, quoted interview with uh, Quinn Hughes, and he said, "We're sick of tired." And keep in mind, he is the captain. Uh, he said, "We're sick and tired of losing." And I think something about that just kind of sparks the mentality. There's a mentality change. That's what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. It's I, not saying that you know it's exactly the same roster as last year. It's definitely not. But there's a lot of returning players. And a lot of big names have stepped up from like after the, you know, you can call it a sophomore slump. You can call it whatever you want, but those big names are back. Brock Besser and, you know, Bo Horvat was shipped out last year, but you know, they, they're proving now they didn't need them. Yeah. They didn't need them. And this new team led under Quinn Hughes is, is legit. Yeah. So. I think this is the first time I feel like Vancouver's legit. Right? Yeah. 
since the Sedin brothers left. I think this is the best team. This might be better than the 2011 squad. In my really? opinion, I think so. I mean, it's a little bit early to say, but that 2011 squad should have won the cup. Yeah, they should. I don't know what happened in that game seven, maybe Luongo yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't know. But th- this team looks legit. Like I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm at being a Canuck hater a little bit. I thought this was a fluke to start the season. You know mm-hmm. how like every every season Buffalo starts off with an insane winning streak or something, and then just tailors off. They haven't tailored off yet. If anything, they've put the foot on the gas and gotten better. So. Like, I remember, maybe this, I think this was three years, four years ago, I'm forgetting the exact year, but yeah. it was the year right before Markstrom got, went to the Flames, yeah. and he had that insane season in Vancouver. Yeah. That team was really good, but it felt fluky. Yeah, it did. This one doesn't feel that way. Yeah. This feels like, okay, this is what the Vancouver Canucks are. Yeah. This feels like a dangerous, like, actual cup contender. For, uh, yeah, I'll say a cup contender team. Yeah, they, they look really good. Yeah. And... Yeah, I know everybody's waiting for them to like cool off, mm-hmm. but I don't feel that. For I, yeah, I think this is legit. I think they're out for vengeance, and that's what I mean about the Quinn Hughes quote, where he's like, "We're we're so sick and tired of losing." I think there was something that switched in that mentality, and even with um, you know, Elias Patterson apologized to the coach for his uh, poor performance. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude's playing playing lights out. Has one bad game. He's leading the NHL. Bad game and, and apologize to his coach about. Wow, that's the, that's what I mean by mentality shift. Yeah, and I think we have to give props to Thatcher Demko as well. Mm-hmm. He's been really, really good. Yeah, and this is what the Canucks have needed, right? Yeah, is a solid goaltending performance. Yeah, and I again, like like you mentioned, I don't think they had it since the Markstrom days, and it kind of hurt them a little bit. But there was just there were so many issues, and there was you know there was the whole. Um, COVID kind of spread around in their locker room yeah. and took them all out for a while and they were not physically healthy enough. They were just barely playing the games because they had to. It was just all over the place. But now this team looks, yeah, again, legit. And I don't know, if I'm a Knights fan, I'm also a little bit worried about this team being in the division. Ooh, I think you're going a little far. The Knights are I don't know, this an, team, on their own level right now. Uh, sure. I'm not, not discrediting them by any means, but all of a sudden this team has come out of nowhere. Like, it's not... Vancouver and Vegas have never been rivals, really. And now there's a legit chance they might play in the playoffs. This is what Vegas does, though. And insert any team in Vegas. Oh, they've never been rivals. One playoff series and they're rivals. That's true. Because Vegas is so in your face yeah. all the time. Yeah. Especially with their pregame shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just do, go over the top in every aspect. And, you know. Name a team Vegas has played in the playoffs that doesn't hate Vegas. Uh, I was going to say Winnipeg, but they've been eliminated twice now by Vegas. Yep. So. Yeah, never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. Minnesota if they've ever played. I don't think they have, but no. But like, yeah, I don't remember if they have. But the big ones, San Jose hates them. Yeah. L.A. hates them. Dallas hates them. I think a lot of teams hate Vegas too, just because this team that didn't exist whatever eight years, nine years ago, just came in and took the league by storm. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you can't really hate that. I, I mean, you can hate that as a passionate, biased fan, but as a as a fan of the game, I don't know how you can hate it. Um, mm-hmm. If I was a neutral observer of hockey, like you'd, so you'd love sick. the yeah, story, yeah. right? It's, I hate the Knights personally, but man, that's so sick to what they've done. I don't know. You got yeah. to give the roses. And um, Vegas themselves just fuel on that hate, mm-hmm. right? They're like, yeah, hate us. They love being the villain, yeah. yeah. But I mean, can we say that the Canucks this year are kind of the villain because they were everyone people like us already wrote them off. Uh, most people had written them off, right? I'd say underdog, right? I wouldn't say villain. Okay. Well, look underdog. at the cast of characters they have. Yeah. People love Elias Petterson. People love Brock Besser. People yeah. love Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. 
they want to see these team these players succeed yeah well do you remember when jt miller was a hot trade yeah that's uh, gone trade topic yeah that's that, over that's long gone yeah so even freaking uh connor garland's gone yeah yeah i like, mean it, it's this team is we're kind of going in circles here but yeah this team looks legit and so let's I, talk I about um, one new aspect here is the new coach this year rick Tockett. yes took over for bruce boudreau and when Bruce Boudreaux was let go, that was an unpopular decision. Yeah. But do you argue with it now? Like, the last time talking coach was in Arizona. It didn't go that well. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when, when there was the, uh, the fire Lindy chance in New Jersey? Yeah, and then sorry Lindy a few games later. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, it's no different here. I mean, sure, it's not as verbal um, from the fans, but clearly like again as we've mentioned many a time on this podcast fans don't care who the roster is they don't care who the coach is they want to see the crest the logo they love so much win team win games mm-hmm. and championships they have no they don't care who's on the roster like that's how you build like anything will be forgiven if you win essentially yeah essentially like nobody care it can be an ahl squad and if it start taking down nhl teams left and right and you win a cup they don't care See Vegas 2018. Exactly. Yeah. Those that AHL team, AHL team is they're heroes now. Yeah. And remember when Vegas traded Flurry and everybody was mad at them and then they won. Yeah. And, and people no one cares. just completely, exactly, yeah. completely forgotten. I'm sure people will still have, you know, Vegas like Flurry jerseys. Yeah. And my still Vegas jerseys, a Flurry one. Yeah. There you go. But yeah. like, I, nobody cares in Vegas because they're like, we are cup champs, not, oh, we're the team that traded away. Yeah. Mark I think Andre you Flurry. get in trouble when you start trading away uh fan favorites and you don't win or you get worse yeah see san jose sharks yeah yeah joe bovelski left so if they had left boudreaux and Taka came in and the team was not that much better mm-hmm. oh they would have heard it yeah that would have been I'm like sure. yeah gm getting fired level you know he probably yeah so do you think it was like kind of a fire under his ass if he didn't for what? Like, if he if they weren't doing well this year, if oh, Vancouver was not doing well this year, absolutely, GM would have got canned. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. if not more than the GM, you know, <laughs> like complete overhaul. Vancouver was running out of patience. Yeah, and we were going into the season not knowing what this team is going to be. Yeah, are they going to trade JT Miller and rebuild? Yeah, and trade Thatcher Demko and rebuild. Yes, or are they going to compete? And suddenly they come out of the gate hot. Yeah, it's not even competing. It's curb stomping at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if Vegas wasn't freaking Vegas, they'd be leading Pacific, right? Yeah. I would they be a top of the league or is Boston still ahead of them? Uh, that I don't know. I can double check for you real yeah. quick. Yeah. I because mean, last I checked, Boston was way at the top again. Not sure if that's a regular season team or not, but okay. Uh, the top three in the league are Vegas, Boston, Vancouver. Yeah. It's 27, 26, 25 points. It was still insanely close. Insanely, like a game, maybe two game difference. Like Vegas, uh, sorry, Boston and Vancouver are tied on wins. Boston just has more overtime losses. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So <laughs> on, on par with each other and nobody expected this. Everyone expected Vegas and Boston to, you know, still be good, but uh, you know, people like us were, were questioning, whether Vancouver was like a legit team, what their identity was, and here they are. So their identity is now kick ass. Yeah, <laughs> kick ass and take names. Yep, that's a good identity to have. So, oh, speaking about coaching changes, shall we get to the, the big story side. of this week? Yes, Jay Woodcroft, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, is fired, replaced by Chris Knobloch. Mm-hmm. Nobody picked him up either, right? Woodcroft. Woodcroft, not yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I don't, I don't see this man coming back anytime soon. Uh, Chris Knobloch was the AHL coach for the New York Rangers, the Hartford Wolf Pack. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he was also Connor McDavid's coach in the OHL for the Erie Otters. Yeah. Um, in addition to Jay Woodcroft, assistant coach Dave Manson was also fired and replaced by Paul Coffey, mm-hmm. who was in Oilers management, but not a coach and mm-hmm. has no coaching experience, but he is now an assistant coach. It's an interesting move. I didn't know that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Jackson, who is the CEO of Hockey Operations, was also uh, McDavid's um, agent previous to this position, and he was the one who had sent McDavid a knoblock in the... Uh, in juniors as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of connections to uh, Connor McDavid in this hiring and with throughout the organization, which is why it's kind of stirring up this news. Yeah. Do, do you think this was also, do you think there was a conversation behind closed doors? McDavid said, go get someone else. Cause I, I did see that he, the initial reaction was, you know, say McDry, McDry McDavid and dry both just kind of had the same surprised reaction where they saw, you know, he was fired uh, via text mm-hmm. and, you know, they were just as shocked. Um, so I have a hard time believing that McDavid had a huge influence in this directly, yeah. but I'm sure, you know, at that point, it's a generational talent in his prime. You keep him happy. So McDavid himself has said, no, I didn't know about the firing. And, um, you know, it's not that I'm pulling the strings of this team. He's mm-hmm. come out of his way to say that. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I believe him on that one. I do too. Yeah. But I do think there must've been a conversation of, are you happy with this coach? And maybe he voiced some concerns. I doubt he said you should fire him. Of course. Yeah. But maybe it's something like, oh no, I don't like this or I don't like that. Mm-hmm. X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Right. It could be that, or it could just be, Hey, the Oilers suck right now and they need a shock to the system. Yeah. I honestly, that's what I think it is. That's what it feels like to me because uh, sh- sure, McDavid has been scoring more. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a very, very long ways to go to catch up to even the top 10, top 20 um, in, the, in the overall league. But the entire team seems to have, be playing better, in my opinion. I mean, I don't think they've lost uh, as of Thursday, November 16th. They, I don't think they've lost. Yeah, the two games, game. Knobloch has coached, they've won both. Yeah, so I, I think really this was just a... A, a kick to the system really like yeah. just kind of like hey wake the hell up we're losing <laughs> we should which, be winning which kind of sucks for jay woodcroft right that means he wasn't so doing scapegoat. anything wrong yeah he just needed a shock to the system yeah so i mean was he the scapegoat then yeah before knoblock jay woodcroft had the best point percentage in oilers history oh wow more so than the 80s oilers okay i mean well, then if you need to change and the change works, it's, a, it's not really a mistake, right? It's yeah. exactly what we just talked about with Vancouver. So, but yeah, it, if you were Jay Woodcroft, that's like, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> and like, if you look at the two games, Oilers won, have they played fundamentally different systems or something? I'm be totally honest. I didn't watch the full games for either of those. Even on the highlights. Oh, okay. it's still, it's Oilers hockey. It's, yeah. it's run and gun offense. Yeah. It, that's kind of what I got. So I didn't want to make a conclusion, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look at how they won those games, right? One of them was off Evander Kane just scoring three goals. Yeah. And um, I think they changed the line slightly. They basically stacked the forward lines, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think you had a line of Drysaddle, McDavid, Kane, or something like that. I yeah. don't remember exactly. The Toronto method, almost. Yeah. yeah. It just stack the offense and outscore your problems. Yeah. <laughs> outscore your problems, yeah. Which is what uh, Edmonton should do. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's not how you win a championship, but... I guess that's not really their concern right now. If you had a team built like Edmonton's is today, mm-hmm. how would you win games? You don't really have a choice. I mean, exactly. You spent all your defense money on 
Darnell Nurse, so... Yeah, so the way your roster is built today, uh-huh. and that is not going to fundamentally change in the course of a season, mm-hmm. this is how you have to win. Yeah. So you got to steer into it. And it's not like Woodcroft didn't know that. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, like, so what could he have done, really? Yeah. I mean, I... Not saying that he was wrongly fired or anything, but he, I feel like he was damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, yeah, right? it was so, like wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... and. I, there was I reports know. also of like Ken Holland, the GM of the Edmonton Oilers, saying Woodcroft could not change the lineup or bench players because they were so up against the salary cap that they didn't have the flexibility mm. to do that. Okay. Which means you tied Woodcroft's hands. Yeah. You had no methods of injecting energy into the lineup. Yeah. Because typically, what does a team do, right? Oh, the energy's lineup, let's change the forward lines, let's drop out some of the bottom six, get some energy guys in there, mm-hmm. put some rookies on the, in the top six who really are like running gun. Yeah. Get some fresh blood in the system. Yeah. But they couldn't do that mm-hmm. because, um, the salary cap, mm-hmm. they, they didn't have room to call someone up. Right. Yeah. So the one move Woodcroft had, which he pulled like three or four games into the season was to put McDavid and dry on a line mm-hmm. and starting from the, I think the heritage classic, they were playing on a line together and even that didn't work. Yeah. To be fair, I wasn't a McDavid benched, uh, a couple games ago, or I don't know. Like McDavid, we talked about before, is probably playing hurt. Yeah, yeah. I I still think he is, to be honest. Yeah, that's the other thing I was about to bring up. Like, what if his injuries just healed slightly better? <laughs> yeah. So it, it could if be. You, it could have left Woodcroft in this long, they would have still won these two games. Yeah. You don't know. Right? Yeah. I, or if it's, I don't know. I I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know what an NHL player feels before a game or when their coach is fired, but is there maybe a little bit of adrenaline just kind of covering up whatever pain he's dealing with? Yeah, could be. So, I don't know. Like, yes, they replaced the coach, and yes, now they're winning, so good for them. Yes. But I don't think it was fundamentally the coaching. (laughs) So what was the problem, do you think? It it just felt like they got in their heads. It was all mental. Mm. Like, you know, you give up a goal early and you just can't claw back. Or Well, isn't that... Isn't that the coach's responsibility then to? But you, the coach had had, did, had no tools that it could he could use. No, no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about like fixing the mentality of the team. I mean, like we talked to I think maybe it was one or two podcasts ago. How Greer kind of Mike Greer, mm-hmm. San Jose Sharks GM, kind of just you know berated his team a little bit, and they needed it. And then you know they won their two games and stuff. Um, sure, it wasn't it wasn't long lasting, but you know it was a kind of a kick to the system why couldn't have jay woodcroft done that before fire being fired i mean i'm sure he tried so mm. then maybe maybe you're right maybe he deserved to be fired if he couldn't get there get in their heads yeah i was he like won- isn't that what you're supposed to do as a coach yeah but like i said it's also the physical things on the ice right yeah like change the lineup and get new new blood in and those kind of things yeah look at what toronto did toronto went on a losing streak they mm. Switched out their bottom six. They dropped Ryan Reeves. They brought up Nick Robertson. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, they look a lot better. Mm-hmm. They did spend a lot on Ryan Reeves, but yeah, you know, that's besides the point. But they got him out of the lineup, yeah, right yeah. when they needed to. Yeah, like Edmonton didn't do that or couldn't do that, mm. and suddenly, the only thing Jay Woodcroft can do is yell. Yeah, and if you yell enough times, they just get numb to it's it. Noise, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, and what you're gonna yell at Connor McDavid to play better? When yeah. He's obviously <laughs> playing hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so strange. I feel like the whole thing has been a cover up. So I I feel like he is, but at the same time nobody's going to say anything. So, yeah, like honestly if the Oilers had started better and were 
somewhere in the middle of the standings, they probably would have let McDavid rest. They would have probably kept Woodcroft too, though. Yeah, but I mean, it's this perfect storm of they didn't start well. Mm-hmm. Now McDavid's playing hurt, so they're going to look worse. Yeah. Because now it's not only are they losing. If they were losing and McDavid wasn't in the lineup, everyone could be like, okay, everybody take a chill pill. Once McDavid's back, it'll be fine. Yeah. Right? That's fair. But now yeah. everybody's like, McDavid's in the lineup and we're losing and McDavid isn't scoring. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know? It yeah. was a perfect storm for him to get fired, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. What do you want me to say? This is the best player in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate for Woodcroft. That's that's kind of the point I'm trying to get at where, you know, mm-hmm. I, he, he did well last year and even the year before in the, they went to the what West finals and yeah. got swept by an absolute beast of a Colorado team. I have no doubt that if someone's looking for a coach in the offseason, Woodcroft will be at the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, interesting how it all played out. It's I, I do think it's maybe not tragic, but it's definitely unfortunate the way it un- unfolded for him. But, you know, mm-hmm. maybe this is the start of a team really getting their shit together <laughs> with a with a good coach that they really desperately needed. We'll see. Then later run now, they've got the beginnings of one. Yeah. But if they can get into a decent uh, position by, like, the all-star break, yeah. then they're, they're looking good. There's also no, like, restriction on when you can fire or hire a new coach, right? Uh... There's no restriction in terms of like time. Timing, yeah. But, like, um, there's no, like the trade deadline. No, I don't think that okay. matters. Got but it. there's a um, financial restriction. Mm-hmm. So right now, Edmonton w- still owes Jay Woodcroft his money. So right. they're going to be paying two coaches right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> worth it. You're supposed to save the season or win the season, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Shall we go to the other side of Alberta really quick? Yeah. Um, last episode for this story, Nikita Zadorov, defenseman mm-hmm. for the Calgary Flames, has requested a trade. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting trade piece. Yeah. Especially for the other uh, Canadian team, Maple Leafs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, we, we just mentioned how they try to outscore their problems. Mm-hmm. Not sustainable if you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. Um, and, you know, Toronto was... I, I don't want to say they were struggling, but... They weren't doing as well. If if Matthews wasn't scoring a hat trick, they weren't doing well. I mean, so they're in a playoff spot. Yeah, but you know, you expected them to do better, and I Detroit has kind of almost taken their spot, right? So it feels yeah. a little. This is the team that should be leading the division. Essentially, yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. And um, you and know, it's, they need help on defense. Yeah, defense is like a big gaping hole, and it has been for years in yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Right? Besides Morgan Riley, I can't. I mean, it just keeps switching in and out. So, well, there's John Klingberg, who's been I guess atrocious for one, <laughs> one season. Yeah, I. Not what even, do you mean? He's there right now. Yeah, like he just got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, it, and he's atrocious. Yeah. So, I mean, I uh, side tangent. I, that man really he gambled on himself, but really lost. Oh yeah, like, he fumbled yeah. the bag. Yeah, he should have like, taken that long term deal in Dallas. I absolutely. Yeah, and he went to. I think Anaheim it yep. was. Yeah. And then he, Minnesota and then he thought someone would give him more money. Nobody else had cap space. Yeah. This reminds me of, uh, I think his name was Dennis Schroeder in the in NBA where the, the Lakers offered him like a four year, 80 something million contract. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he declined it because he thought he would get somewhere else. And, uh, <laughs> he didn't. ended up signing for like an 8 million one year deal in Boston or something. Yep. Yeah. So it, whatever side tangent, but yeah, Maple Leafs need help with defense. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, if, uh, Klingberg is part of this trade package of sorts, but why would Calgary take Klingberg? Uh, w- why not? I'm sure they'll get other things with it. Right. Yeah. He's kind of like dunk. a cap dump. Yeah. yeah so a, I'm not saying he's the main asset. Yeah. The so. Leafs would have to pay more to get rid of Klingberg. I yeah, feel like. Yes. And that's, that's the point I'm trying to get at. Yeah. But like, 
you know, I, I think that's worth it. The real question is, do they trade, can or can they even trade one of the big four? For, for Nikita Zadorov? Why would you do Nikita that? Nikita Zadorov plus. Okay, I was going to say, that's like yeah, not, not, a fair, one, not a one for yeah, one. I was like, I'm this not, is not a fair trade. Fucking Peter Shirelli I'm over not, here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for Nikita Zadorov plus, like, are they a trade piece? Is Nylander or Marner a trade piece in this? Um... There were trade rumors around around Willie for a while, but he seems to be doing very well in Toronto. Um, I can't see Toronto honestly tra- trading him. I, I can't see Toronto trading any of the big four, to be completely honest, at least not for Zadaroff. I, I don't see why would they. Well, if you're stacked on offense and you need defense, who I, are you trading? Right, but I mean, they're going to pay one of the big four for Nikita Zadaroff? I don't know. Nikita Zadorov plus, right? Maybe some prospects, maybe some picks. I see. Like, but you, do they need that? Does Toronto need that right now? Doesn't it, not right now, but doesn't every team need that? Right, sure, but... Hmm. Like, they have no cap space right now. Yes. Like, I, I just pulled up their cap friendly. Projected cap space is literally zero. Yeah. How are you pulling in Zadorov, who makes about $3 million, right? You have to send $3 million-ish back. Mm-hmm. Klingberg is 4.1. Yeah. So... That would work, but, but they have to give up more for it. Yeah, they'd have to include a pick, especially if they're not going to retain on Klingberg. Yeah, and if Calgary is hoping to be competitive this year, they don't want John Klingberg. Yeah, I mean, is Calgary hoping to be competitive this year? I, I think so. I mean, it's a little early to throw away the whole season, right? Yes, but like, were they? Did they enter this season being like cup or bust, or did they enter the season with the mentality of at least let's try to make the playoffs? Realistically, or what they said. I mean, <laughs> both, I guess. I mean, every team is going to say we're trying to go for the cup. Uh, sure. Right. Okay. So in, within the organization, internally, what, yeah. what do you think was said? I think they would want a decent playoff showing. Okay. Like not just make the playoffs. Like I think they were hoping for like for a round three round. appearance yeah. at least, okay. you know, hmm. which means going through one of Edmonton or Vegas. In that case, maybe, yeah, maybe trading for you know one of the big four does make sense but i for me personally i just have a hard time believing that toronto is willing to part ways unless they like fail spectacularly in the playoffs again i i just don't see it happening especially not for nikita zadorov it's got to be a bigger bigger name player at hand i feel like um i'm also looking all of uh matthews Tavares, and marner have no movement clauses mm-hmm. William Nylander has a modified no trade clause with a 10 team no trade list. So Nylander, if you want to trade him, would have to accept the trade to Calgary. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know what his priority is. Is his priority to make big money? Is his priority to, he's not even signed for next year. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot in the air. Um, for for what happens this year whether it goes for the playoffs or whether they make a big trade at the deadline or even earlier i don't know toronto has a lot of what ifs right now i just don't see it happening with nikita zadaroff at least not one of the big four i think they're going to trade a lot of picks that they don't have or you know prospects that they won't have soon um to make this happen and even then i don't know if calgary's going to going to take yeah, that. There's no not. guarantee that, you know, he's going to Maple Leafs, to going to the Maple Leafs. Like, mm-hmm. there's all, uh, so many other teams that could trade for him. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of teams that could be using defense. I just don't see Toronto being the one to win this trade. Yeah. Because what they are they going to part with? If it's not one of the big four, then you're talking some of their premier prospects, right? You're talking 
Matthew Nyes, Fraser Mitten. Yeah. I, what I'm what I'm thinking here from my perspective is, if you're Toronto, willing to trade or going to trade, most likely William Nylander. I'm not trading for Nikita Zadorov. I'm shooting for much higher than that. And sure, it could be Nikita Zadorov and a first round pick. Y- sure, it could be more. But does Toronto need that right now? I, I don't. I'm not going for like picks and all that. Right. I, I'm again. I'm being an armchair GM literally right now. But like, but wouldn't having a defenseman help you more than having an extra forward? Sure, but. I'm just saying, I William Nylander for Nikita Zadorov and else like and, and, and picks and picks. Sure, doesn't seem it seems lopsided in my opinion. I feel like you could be shooting for a much higher caliber of player than Zadorov. Yeah, yeah, and still getting the salary to work. You're saying, yeah, that's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I, I don't know. I again, I like what's your? You're not getting. Eric Carlson. No. And right? Eric Carlson's not getting traded this season. No. Yeah. So you're not getting that caliber. You're not getting Thomas Shabbat. No. What no. caliber are you hoping for? Like what I what I'm trying to say is there's yeah. there's the upper echelon of defensemen, right? Yes. The Quinn Hughes, the Kale McCarr, the Eric Carlson's. Those you're, are like elite tier. Yeah. You're not getting that tier. No. The tier below that, isn't Zadarov in that tier? I, I suppose, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, the thing is, like, you could shoot for the elite tier. I, I just don't think. But who, who's giving you that? <laughs> There's some stupid GMs out there. I don't know. But, I mean, which one of those GMs is on a rebuilding team right now? That's true. Yeah, none of them. Pittsburgh's going for it. Vancouver's going for it. Yeah. Okay. Like, if, Colorado's just, going for if it. If I look at the bottom of the standings, right, and who yeah. has a defenseman to trade? Mm-hmm. San Jose. No, no NHL-level defenseman Ye- to trade. No NHL-level players in general. <laughs> yes. Besides Nash- Blackwood. Nashville. Yeah. You're uh, going to trade for Roman Yossi? Are they going to give no, you Roman Yossi? No. no. I mean, that would be elite if they, if they could. That would be really good for Toronto if they could. But Yeah, but I highly doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Uh, Seth Jones. Seth Jones maybe. with all this huge contract. You already no. have John Klingberg. Why do you need Seth Jones? Yeah, no. No. Right? Uh, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. They're not giving you Nurse. Also on a huge contract. Yeah. So. Uh, Columbus. Wierenski. Wierenski is not leaving. I doubt it. You don't think? Yeah. Provorov is the other one, but if you want to... Honestly, prov- why, why not a Wierenski for Willie? Wierenski for Nylander? Yeah. I'm not saying one for one. I'm sure there's probably some other assets in there, but like that seems fair to me. Mm-hmm. What it'd be up to... I think pretty sure both of those players have clauses. Okay. So, fair. You know? Fair. Like, yes. Now you're talking about Zach Wierenski versus Nikita Zadorov. That's the difference you're talking about here. Yeah. I... For me, if I'm... If I'm uh toronto i'm i'm aiming for the what's the, what's the right aiming for the moon shooting you're shooting for the moon and hoping you land amongst the stars yeah i yeah <laughs> that that's what i'm trying to do here uh whether it actually happens or not uh it's dubious in my opinion um mm-hmm. I, I just think they should, might as well try well because everyone knows who william nylander is and what he brings to the team True. I don't know. True. <laughs> I, feel, true. I feel like it's worth worth shooting for. Maybe this will be something to come up around trade deadline time. Yeah. yeah. This this is probably we're overshooting here. There's no guarantee even he goes to the Maple Leafs, but mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. We'll keep an eye on that story. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think we should wrap it up for this episode. Mm-hmm. We've been going for a while here. Yeah. Uh, this has been Glass Seats. Typically, we're out every week, but we will be off next week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. American Enjoy your Thanks- Black Friday. American Thanksgiving. Yeah. Or as uh, Canadians call it, Thursday.
<laughs> gotta bring, come on, we gotta bring the clip back. <laughs> We're not gonna let that that pass. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy yeah. your Enjoy holiday your Thursday and Friday. <laughs> <laughs> or your Thanksgiving, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. If you're all in school, enjoy your break. Enjoy your break. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google. We're also on YouTube and Instagram, where the handle is at Spud Network Podcast. You mm-hmm. can find this show. You can find our other shows. Uh, wherever you listen to us, watch us. If you leave us a like, comment, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, helps us grow the show. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.